0: A young woman
1: people can't stop talking about. Yo, Taylor. Taylor, Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Swift.
0: Swift. Swift. Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swift-ish, episode 45, your favorite Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> this is Ashley. And this is Shelby. And Shelby, what a week. What a week. <laughs> so we... A lot of stuff happened. Joe Biden is our president, whether you like it or not. And yeah. <laughs> Taylor, to celebrate this, gave us how many Taylor sightings so were in the wild? Many. One, two, yeah. three, like. Three, four. I don't know. they have there been fed. Of- yeah. Oh, it's like Thanksgiving came early. We were feasting yeah. at the Taylor's
1: table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like Taylor knew that this could be our last episode of the year, and she's like, "Fine, yes. I shall bless you with information galore."
0: Instead of making you squirrels and teddy bears and blankets, <laughs> she's like, "This is my gift
1: to show yeah. for the baby
0: and Christmas I'll for take Ashley." It. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and we also had a giveaway for the yeah. uh okay. cardigan.
0: Can I tell you how? Just so I opened up to international fans, I didn't mm. really think about like who, where, what. I was like, whatever, and I did just a random giveaway. Which I have to tell you, there there were rules to this giveaway, right? <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. were three things to do, and it was pretty simple: tag someone, like the post. Well, so tag someone, like the post follow us and then share it in your story or in, or in your feed or whatever, or on your, your page, which like, I don't think it's that bad, but I'm like, if you really want this card again, like right. do it. So we had, so, and I, I also was like, when you comment, tell us your, what, what you're most excited about, like what track or what, I don't know, Rerecording. What, what recording are you the most excited about? Cause it's November and People – like there were like 300, 400 comments, right? We had lots and lots of comments and lots of people tagged. But people didn't reshare the post. <laughs> so it was – so like I went through like figuring out who, who did all because I'm not going to just pick a comment. I'm going to make sure right. someone who shared the post following us, yada, yada, got it. We only had about like 35 entries total hmm because only 35 people shared
1: the (laughs) read the rules closely enough yeah
0: yeah which like made my life easier but okay this is this is just great and i think happenstance i don't know if i'm using that word right but i'm trying to be like taylor and use like fancy words Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. guess where we're sending this cardigan uh london (laughs) no i'm gonna pack it up and it's gonna be sent to india and it's gonna live there forever oh cute wow uh, i know and so i looked up how much shipping to india would be because i was like oh and (laughs) uh, it was in the india price i don't know what they call it um forgive me but it was like in like the equivalency Uh and it (laughs) said like seven thousand (laughs) four hundred and one and i was like i can't I didn't know. I, didn't, I thought it was so a, like sorry. USD. And I'm like, right. I cannot send a $7,000 card again. I don't have that much money to give to it's you. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's Taylor Swift merch. <laughs> yeah. And this person was <laughs> so excited because she's never had any Taylor Swift merch. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I realized it's only like 50 bucks. I was like, okay, that's not. As bad. <laughs> I was like, it's still money. That's still fifty bucks, but like not thousand yeah, yeah. dollars, which I need to get. I need to send out today. Which it's we are recording Saturday. I'm gonna do all my errands, but that's exciting. We have some more <laughs> stuff too because to send out. But should we go yes. like
1: chronologically with what we were given?
0: Because oh I'm,
1: man, yeah, I I'm trying I, to remember we, the blur. I think it was commercial magazine merch I think that's how it was okay perfect yeah let's break down this commercial because Taylor Swift has a partnership with Capital One so we've seen a few Mm -hmm. of these different commercials throughout the years but this is the first one that she's done this year and Mm -hmm. the first one for Folklore and so it was um basically the joke was, oh, Taylor Swift loves cardigans. She has a single called Cardigan. So uh-huh. here she is picking an outfit from her closet and it's all just cardigans and all
0: different sizes. She's like, what
1: <laughs> size do I want to wear <laughs> yeah. today? Yeah. But of course, because it's Taylor Swift, um, the The scene itself seemed to be layered with Easter eggs and mm-hmm. subliminal messages and who knows what they all mean. But, um, yeah, I mean, did your swifty brain break just looking at these oh stills gosh, you know, and trying to... <laughs> I mean,
0: Taylor, it, it was just very, um, I, like, I, I don't know... Just a newbie, like it was so very easy to pick out. I mean, she wasn't doing it to like you were me.
1: impressed.
0: I mean, I thought it was cute. I loved the touch, but I loved it. It was it was really cute. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna do that with all my shelves. It's so cute. But like, yeah, it was just so easy to pass out. Like instantly, everybody was like, oh, the T S letters. Oh, the the two dice with the eight, the mirror ball. You know. Rebecca Harkness ballet shoes. There's a lot of stuff. And I love it. She's so true to her numerology and to the Easter egg. She's giving us what we want because, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to put a 13 on the shelf and people are going to freak out. And mm-hmm. we did. We really did. <laughs> and it was cute. I love I love her. Um, I love how committed she is to, <laughs> to that. And she knows how much her fans love it. Right. But it was cute. Like, there wasn't anything – like, it wasn't like um, reputation – where, you know, in the music video, there are all these different, like, spray paintings. you like, what does that mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? We all know what it means, but it's like – I mean, there are certain people who are like, okay, who are these pictures of? Is it of Austin? Is it of Joe and Taylor? But it wasn't that deep diving that everyone mm. does, which – it's a Capital One commercial. Wasn't on expecting it, but I loved it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there were some things. Uh I mean, obviously, there was a lot of nods to folklore tracks themselves because this is kind of her first traditional-ish yeah. promotion for it. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of different things on the shelves that reference different songs from the Axe to Grind from our last song we covered, Invisible String, and The Green mm-hmm. Dog, and The Last Great American Dynasty, and... Obviously, a mirror ball and a peace sign and stuff like that. But I think people were also um, excited by the closet itself where on the bottom row you had six pairs of boots and six boxes in the bottom of the closet. And people immediately were like, oh, well, the number six matters to Taylor because that's how many. Records are currently that she doesn't have her master's, for and her there were six, six books that were like layered up and stacked up on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. And it's but November, you guys. That means she starts recording the first five.
1: So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Exciting. Yeah, because then on the top shelf, um, at first people were like, "Oh, there are six boxes," but there's actually seven. And then people are like, "Well, mm-hmm. what does that mean?" And so. I think it's more speaking because the bottom shelf is like black and in the dark and shaded. Uh And then the top shelf is really proud of myself for figuring this out. It's all in the light.
0: My baby girl has grown up. I love this.
1: This is amazing. They're all white. They're in the light. They look free, happy. And I think it's, you know, if I was to assume Taylor was overthinking the boxes in her closet, um, it seems like the likely, story would be that she doesn't get to re-record all six. Reputation was too new. So technically she's only at a time in her life where she can re-record the first five. Mm -hmm. And so then you add those to the ones that she does already own the masters to, And there's two boxes stacked on the first. Mm -hmm. And so you have lover, you have folklore, and then you have this hope for these, Five new albums Aww. to find a new life and a, okay. and a new I love spot. you. <laughs> I did not have
0: – I've been working like a lot this week. We usually record on Friday, but I was like boom, 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 just so much going on that I kind of looked at it, glanced at it, looked at – I knew – people had pointed out like the boxes and whatnot and the stacked uh, books and I was like I can't oh i can't so i look at you i'm i love that you're bringing this to me it's like making my heart i was like i was like it's not as deep but oh my gosh it is deeper (laughs) if you look closer it's taylor well
1: and people have too much free time and so they also noticed um there were some dice on the shelf yeah people weren't sure what that was because this album doesn't have necessarily the same reference to dice and so they're like oh justice for cruel summer oh like what do these numbers mean what do they add up to (laughs) people
0: are like oh she's just playing a joke on us because you know we didn't get what the numbers meant last time
1: right but But then uh, um later in the week paul mccartney just tweeted a bunch of dice like okay i don't even think they added up to anything but that was the one tweet he did and everyone was like well what does this mean like are they working on a song Paul McCartney has a new album coming out will Taylor Mm -hmm. be featured on it like Mm -hmm. Dice is just so random that it has to mean something related to this Dice and then lo and behold we got a new interview musicians on musicians with Paul McCartney and Taylor Swift
0: on Friday the 13th, which was yes. <laughs> lucky as Fork. like, yes, let's give that <laughs> to us. And you know that made it made me laugh because mm. – and I don't know if you thought of me because last year I was jamming down all of your throats like, Paul McCartney and Taylor Swift. It's yes. going to lover. Pardon bit. And then like Stella McCartney. And I was like, oh. So this just made me laugh. I mean it's not – she wasn't – foreseeing the future by any means because no one can (laughs) foresee corona but i was like oh my little heart i i love that like somehow paul Paul gets brought into the mix which makes me wonder because within this article and we'll get more into it they talk about pseudonyms and how Mm -hmm. he writes by a pseudonym and how taylor writes by a pseudonym and Mm -hmm. i did think it was interesting that they both brought that up and i don't i I've kind of left, left Paul in the past because mm, mm-hmm. yeah I, it's, it's just it's a wound that <laughs> hasn't healed and I'm still yeah. like you know hiding under you know my sunglasses and hats <laughs> because it, I'm a bit embarrassed about how like much I leaned into that theory could he be because he is a musical hero probably one of Taylor's could he be William Bowery and would that make sense I thought about it
1: but I feel like um like I don't think there is Coy in the article, as I would expect, if yeah. they both knew each other. Like, you know, like it seemed obvious that Paul McCartney is obviously aware of Taylor and like respects her, but it seems like they've never spoken <laughs> before, which maybe they're just good at putting on a front or and that, and that's editing what I was the text thinking. as needed. But it seemed less like it, it seemed very... more, um, like real that he was like, Oh, you, you write under a pseudonym? Like, what is that like? Like, what did you do or something?
0: And then, but I also was wondering, like, what is the process? Because this was so well, well, like, scripted out, and they just they like kind of asked each other questions that just randomly went along with their their work. That like the the things that they have in common. I I've always wondered, and I'd be very interested. And maybe there is some kind of article about this about how they set up musicians on musicians, you know, articles in Rolling Stones because they've done this. This isn't the first one. Do they give him, like, a guideline, an outline of questions to ask, topics to cover? So, like, even if they're not, like, they didn't write together, he's not William Mm -hmm. Bowery. Like, it just kind of flowed very well. And I was just wondering, like – because Taylor kind of asked the most – like, I know – Paul asked a lot of questions, but Taylor was kind of, like, taking it and, like, guiding it. She was, like, a perfect little um, interviewer. I loved it. But I was wondering, like, what kind of guidance are they given beforehand? Like, is he's like, oh, you write by – like, bring up pseudonyms.
1: Oh, do you write by a pseudonym, <laughs> Taylor? You know, I, I wonder. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I'm more – I lean towards naivety and things like that. Like mm-hmm. I when Like, I, I tend to believe people – yeah, and I <laughs> that gets like, me uh, into trouble with like reality TV and stuff too. <laughs> but it's like oh, actors on actors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you believe I'm, Claire's in love with Dale?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's my other problem, too, is, like, The Bachelor is this whole can of worms where I know they're being manipulated, but I also, yeah. as soon as someone, like, falls in love and the music swells, I'm just like, oh, I hope they last. Like, I'm just am a sucker for... A <laughs> You're, like, <laughs> for brought into ending. that that folklore story. <laughs> yes. Like, you, your escapism yes. is The Bachelor. Exactly. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but I feel like on you see this a lot, like, with Actors on Actors or, like, the where two actors sit together and just talk and I think that's a mm. new trend in general celebrity profiles is because celebrities tend to be guarded around people who can manipulate their words they like this more interview format mm-hmm. where they just talk to someone one of their peers instead of some gotcha journalist and so I do kind of feel like it was a more natural conversation that's obviously I don't know like I I can imagine them having this conversation without any problems because it seems like things Taylor would want to know from a legend like Paul McCartney and vice versa. So like,
0: and I wonder, first of all, I would have loved to just watch this live streamed and it is edited. (laughs) Like this is edited by an interviewer was there and did piece it together. And there are probably things that they said that we didn't. We didn't get – so I do wonder, you know, there is some tea that we're going to be sipping later on. And I do Mm -hmm. wonder, (laughs) like, how that conversation really went, how this whole conversation really went. Like, was there more stuff that was taken out? I I would love to see this in – and maybe we'll get something like that. I don't know. I would love to see this taking place right like a yeah just how it really
1: yeah
0: because even though like it is like you said they're probably more comfortable talking to each other but they're they also have that little guard up because there is an interviewer in the room and they're kind of like you know like okay I'm gonna watch a little bit what I what I Mm -hmm, say and they're also really prepped for this interview I'm sure being Taylor Swift and Paul McCartney the questions that they wanted to the topics they wanted to cover probably were already like you know kind of mapped out you know this is mm-hmm. everything's organized with Taylor and with mm-hmm. the media so Anyways. yeah so
1: what was your like favorite <sighs> part okay <laughs> so there's just so
0: much I wrote so <laughs> many and I've already mentioned it so many um notes but I did like how she talked about you know she's doing so much more with her time right now and working with yeah. her hand and then you know we know that she made the lovely um, blanket because we've seen like Mm -hmm. two of them being posted but she made a flying squirrel stuffed animal and a teddy bear i'm like oh what i was like i need to see these photos taylor well the london bear
1: was shared did you see that
0: no where have i been who shared it who
1: i'm trying to remember which celebrity had it i'm I'm sure and why didn't we talk about it (laughs) i thought we did because it was like it's a yeah because we were talking about how it's it's like the London bear. It was like a teddy bear with all the London print. I don't I don't. It was Taylor a few weeks London ago. Bear. I do
0: not see it. Oh my gosh! I'm like I need to yeah, be like I can, just
1: I can try a fan. And find it. I don't I know if I'm search on Twitter because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you okay. lost your
1: stand privilege. I did,
0: I did, and that's because of my job. But there were just so <laughs> the one thing I really really loved about this article was um, the fact that you know. The fan base behind Taylor Swift, a fan base behind Paul McCartney, they're they're different. You know, they're <laughs> different different eras yeah. and different um, audience you know reach that they have. And what I love about this is that this article, two musical geniuses, two people who have reached that fame. You know, Taylor has reached and is being compared to the Beatles, you know, meeting their records, breaking their records, you know, these, you know, they reach so much fame. And I think the Beatles were like the one, like the one um, musicians who like really like the media just hit on them, like just like they yeah. were like one of the first to do that. So they can really on so many levels mm-hmm. and it's bringing their fan bases in and reading this article about these two people who have so much in common and they're just so gifted and you know it, they're from different worlds of course like different eras not different worlds they're both famous mm-hmm. musicians but you know they, they can relate to on um, so much about like songwriting you know, trying to find normalcy and like their fame and then you know quarantine and then that desire to flex their musical muscles and try out new things mm-hmm. and there's just so much more that you're like oh, okay and you know they can relate on these levels that like I hadn't thought of before and it's kind of like yeah. making me think like oh when When McCartney 3 comes out, I'm going to want to listen to it, you know, because I like all the Mm. old Beatles stuff, but I haven't, like, really kept up with Paul McCartney. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to listen to this. And it makes me wish that, like, and hope that people who have, you know, who are huge fans of Paul will be like, oh, I want to listen to Folklore. This is, like, a little bit, you know, so much more than just – Taylor writing breakup songs like (laughs) it's going out of style
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I liked it too I felt like it was really refreshing to one just like I mean not here but you know like hear Taylor Swift talk about her music process and that's not something we've gotten with folklore Mm because she's been pretty quiet about the whole thing so you got some insight into different like how she decided to do it some of the songs she wrote but it was also interesting having her talk to someone Who is like at this different legend status than she is, Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of reflecting on her choices in her career. And I think one of the things that stood out to me was how she talked about um, songwriting and like how she used to put, she says she put all these parameters on herself. Like, how is a song going to sound in a stadium, on a radio? Mm -hmm. And in quarantine, she realized if you take away all those parameters, what do you make? And I guess the answer is folklore, which is interesting and it's something we've talked about which is that this album could never have existed because taylor is a pop star and Mm -hmm. she likes filling stadiums she likes performing she likes that part of the music and has talked a lot about how much she loves pop music but if you do look at the trajectory of her songs some of the criticism has been like oh like yes it's a fun song yes she does manage to do some great hits, but then you have an album like lover where people are like, well, it's overstuffed with some like less than great Mm -hmm. songs or even reputation. People are like, why is she writing gorgeous? This is so simplistic or whatever, Mm -hmm. which I think we all have love for things like gorgeous or, even some of us like me you know but (laughs) 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 but um I think it is interesting that Taylor has had this time to self-reflect a little bit and like she mentioned even later in the in the interview where she was talking about like how she has a love for big words and, like, her vocabulary grown. I don't
0: know, and she, she really has. Even in this article, <laughs> yeah. she's
1: like, is Paul the
0: catalyst for a great party? I'm like, I do not use catalyst in my day-to-day <laughs> language. And then she goes on to explain that she's seen these big words. She's always wanted to use them. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I don't know if I yes. can have a conversation with Taylor. <laughs> like, I'm going to be, like, looking up in the dictionary. Like,
1: what does this big like, word can you mean? Hold on? Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? My brain hasn't caught up. <laughs> yeah. Because she says then that she's like, oh, like, I've always thought like these words she loved, that'll never track on pop radio. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. because Taylor has always had that like left and right brain where she is very creative, but she also is very business minded. And Mm -hmm. so she, you can totally see her strategizing like that as she's writing something like out of the woods or shake it off. And she's like, well, yes, maybe this word choice would be like more poetic, but this will, this will play better in a, in a stadium with a million uh, thousands of people screaming along Mm -hmm. and it'll be so fun. And like, yes, let's do that. And so it's nice that we now get this like double-sided look at Taylor where we do have these great albums, these great pop songs, these great party moments, but then we also Mm -hmm. have folklore where you can kind Ah. of slow down and just appreciate the, the sort of poetry of her songwriting style as well.
0: Yeah. One thing that, you know, Paul was saying w- throughout the article was that, you know, with his writing process, because he started talking about both of their writing process, mm-hmm. is that he likes to break the mold when he sees that he they're getting into some kind of like formale- formulaic. For, yeah, for me, May- see, I, Taylor and I would never be friends. I can't even <laughs> say for for me. May- I don't know a formula. Formulaic. I, yeah, yeah. There you go. You and Taylor would be great <laughs> friends. Like when he gets into that kind of process, he breaks it. He's like, no, I can't. I have to break. I have to break it. And so then Taylor starts. You know, and Paul calls it. You know, it's so magical. Like what songwriting can do. And then, mm-hmm. and then Taylor talks about, like you said, about like you. If it wasn't for quarantine, you know, she broke all of her molds and she kind of wrote like how she wanted to like not trying to please the masses and she and they both called it like magical like you know it's mm-hmm. very magical and she, she and she said this before I think that she can relate to finding the magical things and not a very magical time like quarantine yeah. which like it's basically for folklore folklore (laughs) for me you know she's she was saying it's like giving us a hug you know it's gonna be like traumatic but it'll be comforting and I just really like that because of quarantine she was able to really flex those muscles of Mm -hmm. hers and it sounds like Paul has too because she's listened mm-hmm. to it. I'm interested in listening to his record, but I'm also very interested in listening to more of folklore because <laughs> yeah. like she's giving us so much more because she does talk about peace, which you know, will give us a little like insight into that song when we, we when we cover it because she hasn't really talked about it. It's been all like Aaron yeah. Dessner and she's done maybe one radio spot for it,
1: but I like she's giving us a little bit more which is like Hopefully she'll do more interviews. <laughs> yeah, it was like this. kind of funny because she was like, Oh, I wrote from a bunch of different characters. And then he's like, Oh, like this song piece. And she's like, Well, actually that one no. was personal. <laughs> uh, I'll claim that. I'll yeah. claim it. It's yeah. like, okay, Taylor. So like how many of these songs are a little bit more personal than maybe you right. originally right. Yeah. <laughs> intended? Mm. But no. I also thought it was interesting how she talked about how they both talked about how it was important as they went through their careers that they focus on their old, their oldies, their like big hits oh. as well as their new stuff.
0: Oh, I like that too.
1: And I was like, I was trying to remember cause I saw some tweets about like how that spoke to people who were, were comparing 1989 tour to a reputation. And I was like, I thought 1989 had like all the old hits, but then I was reminded that actually the only old hits she had were like the rock cover. We are never ever getting back together. And, um, I think loves love story obviously had that like pop version, but mm-hmm. that she would cycle through some on the B stage. But other than that, it really wasn't like a bunch of throwbacks, which I'm like, wait, but I loved the 1999 tour. I'm trying to remember yeah. like what she covered, but then you do think about reputation and how you not only had like the B stage moments, but you also had her mixing, like should have said no, which is mm-hmm. such a, such an old cut with, with her new song. And, and, um, uh long live with a New Year's Day, obviously. And so I guess it is kind of interesting to watch her trajectory and then to think about like, well, what's her next tour gonna be? You know, she has too many good so songs. Many
0: songs. <laughs> like she has so many songs. I like how she's doing the mashup and she's like giving justice to her, her old songs, but she's also, you know, giving You know, breath to her new songs as well, and you know she's very she's true to herself. But and I know it's probably so annoying to have to play "Love Story." Like she's probably played it (laughs) a million times in her life, but she's like my fan. (laughs) It's such a good song; everyone loves it. And like you know, like and he had said that you know some people kind of when they go to. When they go to concerts, it's like, you know, people see it as like a jukebox. Like, why are you going to go? Like, you're going to, you can, like, he's going to play it over and over and over again. Like, you've listened to it before. Why go? Why go? Why go? But then, like, you know, Taylor talks about her her dad bawling at his concert and the mom, like, hands shaking trying to record this because it's just like, It's, it's so amazing to them. And then I'm thinking about how many how many Taylor Swift concerts I've been to. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in awe. And I'm still like when those songs come on that I've heard a million times, like it's still like the first time I've ever like seen it live because it's just like the energy and like the, the passion around mm-hmm. me. It's just a different feeling than listening to it on the radio. And like we said, sometimes she'll give us a little more life into it and like mash it up with like a different one of her songs. Like it's yeah.
1: – oh, it's just great. Oh, I miss I miss a good concert moment. Me but hopefully too. one day, <laughs> one day we can find you a babysitter. And we can go. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's
0: happening. Oh, um, like, Rob, you're not going to this Taylor Swift concert. You're babysitting. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, whatever it
1: takes. Um, whatever it takes. But yeah, what other news was there? Um, well,
0: so right now I'm kind of sitting a little bit itchy. And I I in this cardigan that my oh, book yes. bought me. It's a little bit, it's a little bit itchy, but I think someone had told us to put it in conditioner, so I'm gonna do that. But to go along with my cardigan that I am wearing, mm-hmm. I was so thrilled to see yesterday. We all know that I am like poo-pooing all of Taylor Swift's merch. <laughs> but she gave us some Christmas That's merch right. yesterday that Who I does? am here for. I loved so much of the merch that she had, um, I didn't buy it all. But she had the beanie, <laughs> she had the scarf, she had the cardigan um, ornament, and mm. she had a a cardigan stocking. Was that an ornament or an actual stocking? Because oh, I have like, no idea.
1: Okay, because it was because <laughs> someone – I didn't look. I'm a fake fan. You didn't look –
0: Oh, my gosh. So then she had like that, that My Tears Ricochet sweatshirt that she teased um, last week when she was giving an award away. And she had like a little iPod case that was so cute uh like a bag this is let's leave out the side door which case yeah it's like a leather ipod case and then a hat i think she's oh, like the trying, airpods like the headphones the, oh the, oh, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah the airpods it's sorry like, ipod, iPod. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. oh i don't know what i'm talking about my <laughs> mind is not here i'm just really excited about all of the merch because i'm like this is good this is quality this is great like yeah. if i ever have a baby I bought my my hospital bag because it's just <laughs> so awesome. And, you well, know, and I
1: saw people on Twitter saying that they were excited for the Christmas merch, but then they saw that it'll ship oh, in mean, five to six weeks. Yeah, yeah, unless you Switches, put which shipping uh, it after said, Christmas. <laughs>
0: I know. So in the email though, it said your like your items will s- ship in five to six weeks unless you. You selected split shipping, and they'll ship when they're available. And I didn't, so I emailed and I said, "Hey, can I like add it on the back end?" They're like, "No, you can't, but you can cancel your order, be refunded, and place <laughs> a new order." But then the cardigan, yeah. um, a little ornament was already out of stock. I was like, "No, I'll wait." I yeah. guess, and I bought two. I was like thinking of giving one away for like Christmas for our. Our, like little giveaway, mm-hmm. and I was like, Well, they won't get until after Christmas, <laughs> it'll be but, good for next year, so it does suck. Um, but I like they also had like um bike shorts, which I'm I have a Peloton and I cycle, but I didn't buy them because I don't the sizing. I'm like, I'm not gonna buy
1: workout yeah, clothes. When
0: I- <laughs> don't know the sizes it can be too small or too big i don't know yeah, Friggin' but, taylor swift merch especially i yeah exactly i'm like i'm not paying that price for not knowing the size uh, and then they're, but i like i'm so obsessed with
1: everything oh, oh wow look at that i'm happy for you me too but i do feel like just uh in general people are still waiting on like cardigans and stuff to ship i still see people yeah. like who are six months into I don't um, like delays. I don't, okay, I don't. I wonder what size they bought because my friend for Christmas
0: for my birthday got me you know back in my birthday was in August, but she bought it in July. Bought me a card again, and she got me a medium and large, um, which was way too big. So that's the one that we gave away that size. And so then mm. I bought a small. There were only smalls left on this on the site, and I bought a small, and it shipped like the next day. Okay, yeah, so I, I wonder know. if it was the sizing because all of the medium and larges like go out of they, they like they, they sell out of those, which yeah, I'm kind maybe of
1: they were international I'm, or something too.
0: I'm growing into a medium size, so <laughs> all of the old t-shirts that used to be big on me are kind of like a little snug because yeah. you know I'm 34 and my metabolism is short. <laughs> but um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to wear those si- that size, and I'm just like, she should make more, make more pe- if the ones that sell out make more of that like I I don't know I don't know it's but I'm still I still like all the stuff and I hope everyone gets their cardigan my friend knitted me a cardigan and she started like a month ago and she's gonna be sending it soon so I'll get it before people who ordered theirs in July (laughs) but I'll be doing like a side-by-side because the cardigan I have right now I'm wearing it I will never wear it out in public I won't (laughs) because well the only I won't I won't because it it's go past my I, it goes past my my fingers. Like Yeah, it's way, a
1: cozy card. It's your boyfriend's cardigan. It's like it's supposed to be baggy. I, it's a style.
0: But I feel like people have longer arms than I do. Like <laughs> I'll I will take a picture and I will send it to you. Okay, perfect. It's like, I, I have like two it's like the length of like two hands. So it's not like I don't mind a little baggy. And it fits me fine everywhere Amazing. else. It's just, I have really short. I, you guys, this episode is just everywhere. But I have really short <laughs> hands, and so it's just—it's not my boyfriend's cardigan. It's my my dad's cardigan.
1: <laughs> Cute, yeah. cozy.
0: Yeah. My dad's cardigan. Anyways, yeah. um, so that's my.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you oh. want the Christmas witch and it's not sold out, you have to buy it ASAP so that it gets A-S- there on A-A-A. Christmas Christmas week, I guess. I know, Um, it'll be a Christmas bosom (laughs) Yeah But I am excited about this week Because we get to talk about Matt Woman (gasps) Which is um, track 12 on Folklore And um, another Aaron Dessner one. And it was absolutely one of my favorites when I first listened to it. And mm-hmm. I don't think anyone was surprised by that just because of I who think I Matt am. Matt and- called it.
0: When we did we did the crossover <laughs> yeah. episode, Matt called it. Matt was like, I think you're going to like Matt
1: a little bit. I think that's your <laughs> yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. It was like title alone. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can relate, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But this is like um, – it's it's sort of what Aaron Dessner calls the record's goth song, mm-hmm. and it is definitely, he says describes it as a scathing, the most scathing song on folklore. It has a darkness that's cathartic. Um, he mentions the witch hunting, the gaslighting, maybe even bullying, and how sometimes you become the person people try to pin you in a corner to Don't- be.
0: Don't quote him on this. He says oh, not yeah. to quote him on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to stir in the pot, but that's his interpretation and it's it's pretty easy to agree with. Um I yeah, think Yeah, because I, I interrupted you, but he had said
0: sometimes you become the person that people try to pin you in a corner to be, which is not really fair. So sorry. Yeah. I interrupted you on that one. But I thought that was a really I'm interesting furious, quote too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Taylor became who the person in the song, like the who is about made her out to be so. yeah
1: yeah and I think um, I mean it wasn't like necessarily like it, it debuted in the top 50 mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like a hugely talked about song as far as I'd like, like the different reviews go I know it was um, it was interesting too because Rolling Stone thought it you know picks up on sharpens the feminist rage of the man which was from Lover and which is much mm-hmm. more poppy and kind of yep. Kind of more about Taylor Swift's career as a pop star, whereas this is much more about being a woman in the world. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm curious. So, you, did you like this song at first? Oh, or yeah. I, loved it. I mean, yeah. No, I liked it.
0: I still like it too. Like, it's just, it's kind of
1: that one song of
0: like you, like he said, it's like the scathing song on folklore. Mm-hmm. And like when you just want to like, oh, just like let everything <laughs> out and like scream at the top of your lug and you want to like, cr- like, you know, angry, I'm seeing it with your, like, you know, driving down the
1: the freeway. This is a song. Oh yeah, it. I was very grumpy yesterday, and I was glad oh. that I had spent all day listening to the song. then <laughs> I just kept singing it under my breath. And did it like, make you grumpy? You made or you... me like this. Yeah. Did it make you grumpy, or were you grumpy oh, no, beforehand? No, no. I was grumpy before. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> just an irritated mood. You know how I think it goes. I saw
0: your. I think I saw your story, so I, I oh, think I yeah. know what I'm talking about yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. like, Ashley. You, why you know are you, you at do. the zoo right now? <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> not about you. It's it's different people
0: <laughs> doing COVID. much dumber
1: stuff, yeah. but. That's fine. We don't have to get into No, this is Taylor's podcast, you guys. (laughs) We're staying positive by talking about the mad woman. Um, But uh, should we just jump in, break it down? Yeah, so it's
0: my turn to to read, and you guys all know that I mess up words and I say things wrong, so please bear with me. I don't want any mad women who are coming at me for (laughs) saying something wrong, but let's get into it, Taylor's um mad woman this is oh one. i guess we
1: should oh. say um since this is a technically family friendly podcast we are not doing the explicit version but i actually don't know what she sings in the non-explicit version um, how does she phrase it
0: non-explicit version <laughs> i know i'm like i don't even know how to find mad- the non-explicit i mean the only reason i know what she says instead of um in betty is because she sang it yeah live so Taylor Soft bleeps. Um, yeah. You will find out what I do yeah. when I <laughs> when I read this. If you've been listening to the episode, you might have a little yeah. Put a little Easter eggs for you, so you <laughs> yeah. kind of know what I'll say. But let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Verse one. What did you think I'd say to that? Does a scorpion sting when fighting back? They strike to kill, and you know I will. You know I will. What are you seeing on your drive home? Do you see my face in the neighbor's lawn? Does she smile or does she mouth fork you forever? (laughs) This is the good
1: place. This is is the good place. You're listening to uh, Swiftish podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, this was like when it first started, like it was, it was good. Like it was just, it grabs you immediately and it puts Mm -hmm. you in a perspective, especially as women, I think, and especially as adult women who have dealt with like, bosses whatever it is like people just getting in our faces our business expecting things from us like it it just resonates Mm -hmm. and i think um and i think there is a lot about taylor personally in this song but unlike something like the man which in in so many ways feels very specific to taylor's experiences you know ballers and yachts and all that stuff This feels much more relatable in a general sense, but there are some little nods, I think, to Taylor right now, right away, which I think the big one, first off, is this idea that she has to be, to me, is singing, if not specifically, but maybe a little bit, (laughs) about Scooter Braun, Mm -hmm. Scott Borchetta, and the entire Masters debacle, which... Mm -hmm has been a huge stress and and colored her life and as she admitted in Miss Americana and through that era um, it did kind of refocus her and make her realize she doesn't want to be the nice girl who just goes along and smiles at everything and so I like that she starts out with what did you think I'd say to that because it immediately made me think of Scott Borchetta being like oh well I did offer you your master's <sighs> And it's like we know the deal wasn't a good one. It was yeah. an opportunity to earn one album back at a time for every new album her. she recorded. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like,
0: she and then and then so she records an album, she gets her first album. But the yeah. album that she records, does she get that one too? Like that's what I was thinking. I think just, so, yeah. It's just like she's gonna be in. She's gonna be with him for the next like two, four, six, eight, right. 10, 12 years, <laughs> and like that's he's he's keeping her whole career because who knows like if she's gonna like take some time to do
1: whatever she wants to do, right. but like for the
0: majority of her career, he's like, I own you. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: No. Yeah, it's a dumb deal, and it was frustrating even as someone on the outside reading that, and he's trying to use it as a gotcha moment where he's like, Look, see, I did offer her her mm-hmm. masters, and it's like well, this is a bad deal and mm-hmm. and now oh, she's yeah. like, do you do you think I wouldn't fight back? Like did you think I would just sit down and let you like try to pretend that this was a good deal? And she's like, no, I'm I, it's scorpions strike to kill and so will I
0: <laughs> And <laughs> you know? in her so lesson number two and the 30 things I learned in Al she's like being sweet to everyone all the time can get you into a lot of trouble mm. well maybe born from being raised to be a polite young lady which everyone calls her like yeah. back in the day like America's sweetheart this can contribute to some of the worst regrets if someone takes advantage of this trait in you grow a backbone mm-hmm. trust your gut and no one to strike back be a snake only bite if someone steps on oh, you yes. and he stepped on her <laughs> and she strikes to to kill and she put a little um bite on him like oh. yes yeah, which like this like it's, it this ties very well into mad woman like
1: yeah she's like i'm done
0: i don't need it. i'm I'm done
1: no i love it and i love that mm-hmm. she's like they strike to kill and you know i will you know i will because yeah. there's something like threatening about it and and it's true like taylor Swift has proven that she is a powerhouse and she got all of her fans to basically skip that like weird i don't remember what it was that scooter tried to put on spotify like the The collection of her old covers or something yeah
0: like a live recording or something yeah and all she
1: had to do was tweet about it and then it just didn't even it didn't even like chart in any ways like no one was listening to it because she is she is in the power position she's taylor effing swift and she's like i will destroy you and this is your i warned you and you know what you've just got to deal with it now taylor forking swift that's who she is exactly (laughs) um and i also just like the second part of it also feels pretty specific to to taylor's experience people are like what is she singing about like what do you mean do you see my face in the neighbor's lawn um i think a lot of people have referenced that in nashville when an album or an artist charts when they get successful they the their label will put their like picture on the front lawn and celebrate them or whatever Mm -hmm. and so in a lot of ways taylor's face on music row would be right next to big machine because now she's with republic records and so Mm -hmm. he would have to like see her face you know and she'd he'd have to deal with the fact that she's successful somewhere else and that she has this record-breaking album and it's no thanks to him yep and then he and I can't talk and like you know the smile behind
0: her face is more kind of like hmm, <laughs> yeah. look where I am like I am successful without you I don't need you I don't need the masters that you have I'm gonna re record them I'm doing my own stuff you can sing my stolen lullaby little vibes when mm-hmm. you drive home but this is me yes and I I like that this is her I mean she she said um, she said shirt. In the past, you know, yeah. I don't know. If we say the other word, will that we didn't, do we need to do I don't that explicitly? So we've said we've said the S word but in the past, yeah. but she said she's like cussed in the past, but right. it's been like I feel like PG right. cussing. And so the one this one song, this is where she decides to do her debut yes. for you forever. And she's <laughs> just like and it's it's such a great song to introduce that because that word has so much power and anger behind it. Mm-hmm. The meaning behind that word, and in this song, uh, you she's really she's really telling you how mad she is. Like, yes. come on! Like, America, sweetheart, is deciding <laughs> for the first time to say this word like in yeah. a song. Like, it's gonna it's gonna mean something.
1: Yeah, she's not holding back, and I and I yeah. think it is a powerful sentiment. Just this image of does she smile or does she mouth f you forever? Ooh. Because oh, it's like. I think that's something we've all experienced. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've had to just force a smile when a man talks down to me or my boss is talking over me or someone's telling me to mm-hmm. calm down or that I, mis- I misinterpreted something or whatever it is. And your first inclination is, well, I just don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to think, make them think oh, I'm yeah. crazy. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to smile. But uh, hopefully they can see my like middle finger pointed up at them because I'm just like so under over the this, desk. dude. I'm yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> And I think that is like, that's a great segue into the more the the chorus and stuff of the Mm -hmm. song, which is much more uh, relatable and and less specific about Taylor and, and kind of does go into this idea of the gaslighting and the microaggressions women face. Mm -hmm. And I think even so like we're so often expected to just stand there calm straight-faced unbothered and expected to just take it even when the men around us get to be like furious little babies and I think people have mentioned that this song reminds them of like the Hillary Clinton versus Trump campaign in Mm -hmm. 2016 Mm -hmm. and how there was a lot of that where Trump could just be emotional and never accused of anything but if if Hillary's even smiled the wrong way during a bait, it was like, Oh, she's so smug. Like, she's Oh, a nasty she's just woman. nasty. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so I'm sure that that, that is a, that is a universal experience that Taylor was able to nicely put into song here for us.
0: <laughs> well, so you brought up, um, you brought up the Hillary theory.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there is, a um, someone on Twitter who she is like a big thread about how this song is about hillary because you have the you see my faces on the drive home yeah. just you smile or say "forky you forever because you think about like the election 2016 you have all of the like the hillary signs in the yards and then right. you just go you know um like say you're a mad woman you're angry you know like nasty woman um do, do you think that this song is about about Hillary, or do you think the song is more just like you said, so generic that it can fit the bill for any situation, <laughs> and it just yeah. happens to be um
1: very relatable to Hillary Clinton, yeah, yeah, I don't feel like this song is about hillary clinton i mm-hmm. I feel like it's very much about Taylor recognizing. The imbalance. And she's been on this feminist journey since, Mm -hmm. I guess, 1989 era publicly. And we've been able to see how that idea of feminism has changed from like girl power, girl boss hashtags to this more nuanced approach of like double standards and misogyny. So while I imagine she was informed by the frustration of Hillary Clinton and all that, I don't feel like that's what she's referencing with like the neighbor's lawn in the signs and I don't feel like there's enough later in the song to make me believe it's this person actually about Hillary
0: <laughs> this person has like she has a whole thread like yeah. I'm looking at
1: like <laughs> 10 threads so I I believe I will... it I I can totally and that's the thing I think yeah. that sticks out is that because I've also seen a theory about how this is about Danny from Game of Thrones yep. And I can yep. totally it's see it's that too, too and Kelly because... even talks
0: about like Game of Thrones too like, oh yeah. she said that like You know watching that
1: and we can get get into it later but yeah no i i feel like yeah exactly this song Mm -hmm. is something you you pick a woman out of history and you could be like you know what this is about her yep 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 okay so
0: let's get into i'm gonna do the pre-chorus and the chorus all together if that's okay
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um every time you call me crazy i get more crazy what about that and when you say I seem angry, I get more angry. And there's nothing like a mad woman. What a shame she went mad. No one likes a mad woman. You made her like that. And you'll poke the bear till her claws come out. And you'll find something to wrap your noose around. And there's nothing like a mad
1: woman. How about was that? so relatable. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. Like, mm-hmm. I could just get this tattooed across my body. I just feel like constantly... <laughs> Just even this pre-chorus where it's like, every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. That Mm -hmm. is like, that's me. You know, that's like, yes. (laughs) Yes. I 100% relate. There's Mm -hmm. nothing more frustrating than being mad and being like, someone being like, are you mad? And it's like, yes, I'm freaking
0: mad. (laughs) Like, what do you want me to say about it?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they start calling you crazy because you're emotional and emotional women they are crazy. No, it's just, watch your back. Yeah. It's like, we're constantly ridiculed by men, society. And yes, even other women where it's like, we're not allowed to be emotional, but they also expect us to be emotional. And I think that's, what's so great about her, about her chorus here, where it's like, you'll poke that bear till her claws come out and you find Mm -hmm. something to wrap your noose around because it's, It's a great image that immediately shows this train of thought where it's like men want to rile you up so that they have something to then accuse you of. And it's like it's such a frustrating cycle because you're always in the wrong then no matter what. Like and I think that's what's so interesting about that image is like. You poke the bear, the claws come out, and you're not surprised, you're actually kind of glad, because now you get to wrap this noose around the woman, blame the woman for being emotional, blame the woman Mm -hmm. for being crazy, accuse the woman of being angry, and you get to walk away, you know, scot-free because (laughs) women be like that, you know? Well, it's so it's interesting that, like, you know,
0: Taylor said in the CBS good morning, she said a man is allowed to react, a woman can only react and, uh, you know, this lyric is kind of used to put us in that social ma- mindset. Adam, when you think mm-hmm. about Kanye and his reaction to how he doesn't own his masters versus Taylor, who overreacted because Mm -hmm. she can't own her masters, you know, like she knew what she was getting herself into. You know, that's exactly how people were, you know, if you weren't a Taylor Swift fan or a Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift friend, that's exactly how people are making it out to be, was that Taylor was like, oh Taylor, don't you know how this is? Like you're just overreacting, like get over yourself. And it was just, you know, it's just it comes down to that one quote: A man is allowed to react. A woman can only react. And over-react. I've heard so many times – overreact, sorry. I've heard so many times, and I don't know how many people have told you this, but sometimes I've heard guys say, oh, I just want to make you angry.
1: Like, Ugh, I know. I just, it's I just so think it's so cute annoying. when you're angry. I want to get a I'm rise just, out of you. Yeah, yeah I
0: just want to get a rise out of you. And then like – so I, like, I'm also thinking back to – I have all these little the random thoughts in my mind. A guy I dated who was talking about – I was dating him, and he was talking about a, like an, an ex or two of his – and how they were crazy how these girls were crazy and when i was dating him i was like oh my gosh i can't believe they did that like ah oh. and then slowly but surely i became the crazy one i mm-hmm. became the over emotional one you know like he wasn't doing anything he like he wasn't poking the bear but i'm sure right. now like how everything ended up i'm sure he tells people oh she was crazy and he like mm-hmm. he would he would call girls crazy all the time and then now that i'm out of that situation looking back i'm like Okay, I got angry, I got mad because of the things you were doing, and I reacted to your actions and now because you know people don't see that side people don't you know he doesn't he doesn't go around telling people like oh my girlfriend did this my girl and i did this and this is what happened it's more like oh my gosh she did this big thing and she got so mad and she like blah blah blah, blah. yeah and it's and that's how it sh- that's shown in media too like that's how people talk mm-hmm. about taylor that's how like people talk about other feminists and other women in history and it's just so interesting to think that like This just spans so many like experiences, centuries. Yeah, (laughs) whether it's like running for the president, or it's whether it's breaking up with a boyfriend, or you know, it's and and centuries, like you said, like it's just Mm -hmm. like the witch hunts. Like what's really interested, what's interesting is like, and you'll find something to wrap your noose around. You think about the Salem witch hunts, and Mm -hmm. also women were attacking other women, which we'll get on, we'll get into. In the mm-hmm. next few up ep- um, next few verses, but it's like, "Oh, okay, so you you're like your' sexual p- prowess like you're putting a spell on me, mm-hmm. so you're a witch, mm-hmm. let's hang you because i can't I can't control how I react right. I can only control how <laughs> you're making me act like you're the yeah. one who's doing this to me, so let's hang you because you're a witch yeah. let's burn you at the at the the stake like it's just really. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: I think a lot about uh, like the Brett Kavanaugh hearings Mm -hmm. with the Supreme Court versus Christine Blasey Ford, who was there to share her experience with him of being sexually assaulted in high school and she was so calm she was so measured and I read a book about it after and how she she knew she couldn't show emotion that because that would be attacked but then alternately the men in the room were like oh you aren't emotional about this it means you don't care and then you have uh Brett Kavanaugh come in and he's spit is flying he is rageful he's crying almost he is so emotional and the guy's reaction to this is wow like I can't imagine what you're going through like that is so hard to be accused of something like look at how how much like this hurts you and it's just so interesting that double standard that you got to see at play there Uh and I think it just it's yeah like you said it's just this (laughs) <laughs> and then you
0: think about relatable like, how,
1: experience
0: you think about how everybody and why everybody at all, has always earned so many articles and we've said it like as a joke but how Taylor Swift is so calculated so calculated yes. she has to be calculated like a businesswoman calculates fine but even in her life she yeah. has to be calculated like she mentions in, in, the, in this article that we read you know like she has to think about who she's going to take a picture with who she's not going to take a picture with mm-hmm. because of this, like people are, you know, if she says something, if she reacts, if she, if she, you know, you know, shows emotion, people are going to blow it up to be this right. overreaction, and then you have like the the hearing that you were just talking about, how that woman had it going because anything she does or says is going to be used against her in the yeah. court of law. Like that's just how <laughs> yeah. it's going to be.
1: Yeah, no, it's those microaggressions <sighs> just really get you.
0: Oh, I know, and you know, I'm not someone who like over like. You know, I'll talk to Lance and I'll get upset about things, but like I kinda keep my opinions to myself a lot, mm-hmm. even on social media, like in groups. But right now I'm like, ah. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, a, girl. Breathe a, flames I'm each know. time you I talk. Would, exactly. Let's get into that. <laughs> now I breathe verse two. Now I breathe flames each time I talk. My canyons are firing at your yacht. They say move on, but you know I won't. And women like hunting witches too, doing your dirty worst dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that Wanting Me Dead has really brought you two together.
1: Mm. Yeah, this is a delicious verse. I think um, Taylor's always been very, very good at these sort of scathing little... I mean, they're not attacks necessarily. It's pointing out facts. But even looking at her pettiest songs that she's often criticized for, like something like Better Than Revenge, which is a little too slut-shamey. But she does this masterfully where you're just like, Oh, that one burns like that is harsh. Yeah. And I just I really admire what she pulls off here because um, I mean, again, this feels very specific to Taylor and the scooter situation to me where she's, you know, she's breathing flames. Each time I talk, it's something she's not letting go of. She's always going to talk about how important her masters are, how disappointed she is in Scott, how how angry she is at scooter, how she feels manipulated and twisted and that she's going to or she's going to re-record her masters and everyone's telling her, move on, let it go. Like, Oh, can you stop talking about it? And she's just like, you know what? I'm not going to, because this Mm -hmm. is what matters to me. And I'm not going to hold back anymore just to make you comfortable. Mm I love it. I love an angry, (laughs) an angry vengeful queen. Um, And I think it's like, yeah, like we talked about her firmness on the issue is seen as an obsession instead of a, a, You know a rightful business strategy, and as you pointed out, when Kanye announced his want for his masters, everyone's like, "Yes, Kanye, let's do it for Kanye." Yeah, (laughs) which is you know the right energy to to bring to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that when Taylor's on stage talking about how this matters to her because they're like, oh, she's just making it so personal. She's being so petty. Like it's a business deal, Taylor. You could yeah. have been. Read the at contract it. Come yeah. on seventeen <laughs> year old. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you had mentioned before that, you know, a lot of people have tied Game of Thrones into yes. this and how like, you know, if you watch Game of Thrones, spoiler alert, Danny goes crazy. <laughs> And, you know, Mm. everyone has seen her, you know, work up to this – the status that she wanted to be and she was so successful and then like she just went crazy and that you know she's Mm -hmm. a crazy person and taylor she spoke in an interview with rolling stones and she said look at the game of thrones finale i specifically really related to Daenerys' storylines because for me it portrayed that it's a lot easier for a woman to attain power than to maintain it because Mm -hmm. for me the times when i felt like i was going insane when i was When I was just trying to maintain my career in the same way that I ascended, so it's really you know a lot of people like oh it's about Danny because oh breathing flames each time he talks Mm -hmm. like canyons firing at your your yacht like it just it kind of like it basically like follows ish the storyline of like Danny's rise to to fame right or to um, literal
1: dragons yeah yeah. literal (laughs) dragons
0: but i think taylor is finding like a similarity in that storyline and i don't think it's necessarily about maybe she's like nodding taking a nod to danny but you know i and i I appreciate that but it's interesting how she can like see the similarities between them and in in her life which is like a fictional show
1: well yeah i mean i i remember watching that finale i mean i guess that was like the the episode right before the finale or whatever Mm -hmm. but it was kind of just like the most frustrating moment and I'm not even like a Game of Thrones fan like I only watched basically the last season because my husband wanted to I know and um I've heard it all but I'm like whatever at this Uh, point but I was like man this is what they did with this character and this is so frustrating yeah but it was also very interesting As a woman, as a feminist, to be like, of course, this is what the male writers did with this character. Like it was something that seemed so inevitable from the way they view and treat women in the show that it's like, well, she would just go crazy and just like just too much power behind. How could she keep it? (laughs) Yeah. And so I imagine that, yeah, like Taylor, Taylor was affected enough by that to mention in an article that I can see her feeling that in mm-hmm. a song like this not that it's like oh this is Daenerys's song yep. like here you go I
0: guess guess how Danny dies, dies <laughs> by a guy, a guy yes. who
1: kills her like mm-hmm. hello
0: like yeah I
1: don't know no, I feel that's- that I and I think that's what's interesting about this verse too is like um she pivots to this idea that women like hunting witches too mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is another you know that's like a Feminist like 301 course level Sort of don't thing Don't pit <laughs>
0: other women against each other <laughs> yeah. don't
1: There's this idea that every woman is a feminist Because this and this and this But there are definitely agents of the patriarchy Out there and mm-hmm. they're in some ways More dangerous More subtle and they think they're They think they're empowered Just by being women but They're actually like doing this dirty work They're, they're mm-hmm. fighting for the man instead of Against the man and I think that is an interesting angle for her to put in this, especially when you think about what she was talking about feminism, like when <laughs> in nineteen eighty nine when she learned the word from Lena Dunham, and it's just uh, like okay, okay person. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, we don't need to, we can graduate from this from this, and level. she has, and yes. she has, which is so great. She has
0: graduated um, exactly, and it's interesting because a lot of people kind of, um, you know pinpointed out like yael and and demi and kim Mm-mm. with the women like hunting witches too you have kim with the infamous receipts yael yeah. who um said that taylor was throwing a tantrum because she didn't get her way yeah, and, and then you scooter's have Scooter's wife yeah scooter's wife Yael is scooter's wife and then you have demi who called him a good man and then you kind of right. have um you know people pointed out Ariana's silence on it because she did post something about it and for Taylor, and then she had to take it down. So people are just kind of like, Well, I think that was just
1: a fake. I think that ended up being a fake. Okay, well, that's a fake. So that's fake news.
0: Delete this. (laughs) Don't talk about it. But no, but Ariana Um, was
1: silent on the issue. You know, a lot of people who
0: were around, um, Scooter were silent mm-hmm. and then you had Carly mm-hmm. who just got signed to Scooter at that time so it was just really you know a lot of people were like is this about Yael it's about right. Kim but it's kind of like you said all encompasses like the women who are like working for the man and just not really just they're, they're Punching women down when they're already
1: down, yeah, yeah. And this, like, it's obvious that "Wanting Me Dead" has really brought you two together. Is just such a delightful Mm -hmm. line, and yeah, I can totally see how people would be like, "Oh my gosh, she's referencing Kim and Kanye." Oh my gosh, she's referencing Scooter and his wife. Oh my gosh, it's about Scooter and Scott like joining forces, and it's like it could be any and all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that is just that's something she's experienced. It's something that feels. Uh, like a relatable experience that Mm -hmm. when you cross the line on someone's like, like there's this general energy where a woman will stand by her man or stand by, you know, the patriarchy or whatever's protecting her if it will save her instead of breaking, you know, ground and and standing with the woman, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that's complicated and it's not something Taylor tries to break down seriously in this song, but it is an interesting nuance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like this. I like this little verse. It's like short, sweet, but to the point. Yeah. And then, well, you know, it's short and sweet, but there's so much layered within it, which we mm-hmm. just broke down. And then we get into the pre-chorus. Every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. What about that? And when you say I seem angry, I get more angry. And there's nothing like a mad woman. What a shame she went mad. No one likes a mad woman. You made her like that. You'll poke the bear till her claws come out, and you'll find something to wrap your noose around, yes. and there's nothing like a mad woman. <laughs> so one thing I want to talk about before we get into the bridge and it's really short, is You are – like you see all these TV shows and you see all of these uh, movies where they talk about like cat fight. Like they want to see women (laughs) mad at each other and they want to see women fight because it kind of like – you know, physically or not physically, you know, Mm -hmm. more physically they want to see women like fight. But it's more like for their benefit the men. It's for Mm -hmm. their benefit that they want to see women go against each other. And it makes you think like what could women really do – if they weren't always seeing each other as competition because Mm -hmm. I'm sure in your life and I'm sure a lot in my life, there's been just that natural competition and that natural like sizing women up against each other. And that alone just creates so much conflict. And, you know, like even being like a 34-year-old woman, I still have to like stop comparing myself to other women and stop seeing someone as – a quote unquote like threat even though they're not really like it's just something that's been like ingrained yeah. in my brain Yeah, and a, you know like they're they're poking the bear so the cl- claws come out and just pitting people against each other which mm-hmm. I should have mentioned in the last one but very interesting <laughs> no. the claws the rahm, made me think of yes, that yes I really um, like that <laughs> but let's get into the bridge it's such a great bridge mm-hmm. I'm taking my time taking my time because you took everything from me Watching you climb, watching you climb over people like me. The master of spin has a couple side flings. Good wives always know she should be mad. She should be scathing mad. And an outro, but no one likes a mad woman. What a shame she went mad. You made her like that. Yes,
1: it was. It's an interesting bridge. I feel like I'm curious to know what you think. (laughs) You know, like
0: this is. So this is where some people were kind of pulling in the hillary you know there's a lot Mm. of other like ties to hillary in this like the um they say move on you know i won't in verse two and you know um, hillary wrote her book afterwards and everyone's like right move on you didn't win the election just stop leave um you know kind of like what trump is not doing right now um (laughs) but and so so it's really interesting because you know trump has like cheated on his spouses so master mm-hmm. of spin he's trying to spinning everything has a couple side flings so i see that but then i'm also yeah. looking at it from like a taylor's perspective you know she's taking her time mm-hmm. she's um she's doing her masters and she's seeing how you know scooter or scott are climbing on top of other artists you know taking mm-hmm. their masters taking their livelihood taking their, their their creation and the one thing that kind of Got me a little bit, which I was confused about. About was the master of spin has a couple side flings. You know, master mm-hmm. spin is kind of like that. The double, um, the double meaning. You know, the per- like, scooter. Spin the situation to fit his bill. Mm-hmm. Scott spin the whole Taylor Swift sp- situation fit his bill, but then that has a couple of side flings. Good wives always yeah. know. Like, well, I want to know what you think about that too, because you know they're spinning these lies <laughs> We're and both spinning like, records. What does this mean? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, doing my my research, I kind of like googled like Scooter Braun cheats on wife, and like the only articles that came on was like, oh, Swifties thing, Scooter cheats on wife, <laughs> yeah. but there's been no no, no like indication right. from yeah. the media no gossip you know a lot of people think maybe it's about kanye because you know he does um he does his records and he does spin a lot of right. things out of his mouth and he's been you know there are some rumors that he cheated on his wife but it's kind of like i would love to see your point of view for this because you know then she talks about good wives being mad you know mm-hmm. they should be
1: mad but they're not so what like i'm just at a loss of
0: like <laughs> (laughs) Who, what, where,
1: (laughs) like it's like a strangely specific reference, but it seems based based in nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I really like the first half where it's like, I'm taking my time because you took everything from me. I think that's Mm -hmm. such a brutal and like Mm -hmm. tragic but also empowering line. And it just it really fuels that fire. And you can kind of feel her righteous indignation there. And also, like you said, this watching you climb over people like me. Like this has been a passion for Taylor even before this scooter situation where she has talked about how record labors and labels and managers treat musicians and artists and screw them over I mean even in her like vogue 73 questions she was asked like what advice would you give to young artists and she's like get a good lawyer so I think this Uh, has been something that's on her mind which is that the industry is kind of broken like it it's going to take a lot to change it at this point because everyone's just like, well, this is what we do. Yeah. And that's been something she's been working on for a long time. Even in her Republic contract, she made sure that different um, things were in place for new artists so that she can try and shift the needle a little there. But then you do get this weird turn where it's like, okay, are we talking about cheating? Like, are we talking about an affair and a literal affair between a husband and a wife or is she just referencing like oh like side flings like she has some shady projects on the side that she should be embarrassed of but it's maybe some money in the Cayman Islands yeah exactly (laughs) and so then I was like well maybe she just means it more like more generally like it's like it's like talking about I don't know. Like, it's I'm a very right. interesting. It's specific, Yeah, because it seems like, and it ends the song, like, it's, like, it does seem like a gotcha moment, but it's never clear what yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, and may, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to say, it would feel kind of, like, petty for her to reveal Scooter had an affair or something this way. And I don't think... That's so someone, her style. Someone on Reddit
0: had the same thought. They're like, "I Taylor is someone who's always like, we should boost boost up women. We should boost yeah. them up. We shouldn't bring them down." And they're like, "This line right here, you know, calling out someone's someone for you know, stick being blind to the fact that their husband cheated on them and like yeah. spilling the beans is the opposite of what Taylor has been trying to do." And then, and then so many people kind of went after that person, being like. You're doing exactly like you're bringing Taylor Swift <laughs> down for speaking her truth, like, you know But it's not
1: her truth. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And yeah, I've the, seen that it's like maybe it's about Justin Bieber and yeah, too, she's Haley loyal Justin. to Selena, so maybe she's calling mm-hmm. him out. But then it's like, well then where was he this whole song? And, and like why call Justin
0: the Master of Spin? Right. I would not call him the Master <laughs> like, of Spin. Yeah. I could see the Master of Spin being about you know ab- about Scott or Scooter because they're they're behind all the records and all the the deals and all the like producing and like blah blah blah. But, yeah, and, I, and or even like maybe I don't know maybe Kanye because he's like such an iconic person. But I was like, right. Justin, <laughs> um, we're not gonna. Get and he's also label. said in the past that like you know he was afraid to really get married because he was afraid he was gonna cheat on his wife like, right oh okay like, oh. that's interesting yeah. like that's your fear is that you're gonna <laughs> cheat well, okay And so it's like and then like the good wives always know she should be mad she should be scathing mad but it kind of reminds me of like stepford wives kind of like yeah. you're just like everything's fine you have to be right. good you have to like put on this like fake face you know keep and everything. that's what i think yeah. i've decided
1: that she's like leaning into i i feel like And I could be wrong because Taylor has been salty in the past. She has done things that are kind of like iffy. So it's like she's not perfect. Maybe she did decide to reveal some affair here. But the way she just calls him the master's spin, and we don't really know who the he is, it could be more of a general sentiment about mankind in general, the people she's known, the people she's been in relationships with or whatever, the things she's put up with as a woman in a relationship. And I think it is sort of a dawning where it's like, she should be mad. Like, why is she sticking up for the sticking by this man? Why is why do women do this? Like, why do we... Why do we let ourselves become these sort of agents of the patriarchy, holding up men, holding up the standard because we don't want to lose our marriage, our security, our relationships, our, our idea of this mm-hmm. perfect life. And so to me, I can picture it or identify with it more as like this question, this sort of like hypothetical where it's like, why in general do women allow bad behavior like this to happen like we should all be mad and we should be okay with being mad like we should all have standards we're willing to be mad about you know
0: I'm uh, I'm very interested in who the master I it's just it's interesting I would love to like be inside her brain to be like what
1: what is this
0: what who is Master Master men?
1: men is
0: it is it specific <laughs> yeah it's just men
1: yeah it's just men I like that she ends with this idea of what a shame she went mad you Mm -hmm. made her like that because you know thinking of her her more woke era with reputation starting with look what you made her Mm -hmm. look what you made me do she revisits that again but spins it a little bit to be like reminder you did this like you made her like that you make people like this like this is Your fault, you poked the bear, like deal with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, like this is your the consequences of your decisions. (laughs)
0: Yes,
1: (laughs) this song, yeah. (laughs) Taylor was feeling it, and she's given Mm -hmm. us all an anthem to feel it too. Yes, she has, I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) this is definitely a song that is it still one of your top favorites? Um, in
1: folklore, I, it's hard for me. I really, I, like I said, I've been working on this Taylor Swift ranking. I finally made a rubric to try and help channel my brain. So it's like different scoring options. And I know it's very official. Everyone's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I have no idea. There's no cause. This is not for a bigger purpose, but it's something to distract me. And mad woman i think is one of those songs that i really appreciate the lyricism but mm-hmm. it's not one i necessarily revisit often okay That's but you know. after listening to it like 10 times in a row yesterday i was like yeah this song yeah, why don't i listen to it more <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. i need this energy in my life so yes. it might be rising the ranks again yeah glad that
0: um, yeah that- <laughs> I-, I like lo- i like this song I love the tea that she spilled within it. Yes. Um whether it's actual about one person or just about our society, it just kind of makes you
1: think about things a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um but speaking of tea yeah yeah we do have some tea time it's pretty simplistic I feel like and people just mm-hmm. need to stop reading into things but
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: coming from a Taylor Swift podcast where all we do is read into things so <laughs> <laughs> we're we to talk so take that <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little grain of salt um but in the interview with Paul McCartney um a few people noticed that he mentioned babies a bit and Mm -hmm. that like triggered them Mm -hmm. um i think the first one was when he references the line in peace where he's like i'll give you my child and he he just calls out that line and i thought it was because he appreciates that line because frankly it is a great line and And everyone's
0: everyone talks about it too yeah (laughs) yeah, we've all been there
1: (laughs) yeah but then later he's like she says something where She's like, well, I've been doing this creative stuff because all my friends are having babies. Yeah, at your age. Yes. I don't don't think that was bad. Exactly. He just says that. He just says, oh, yeah, that happens at your age. And And I think...
0: I'm at her age. (laughs) That's true.
1: I I know that. I understand that. (laughs) I was like, sorry, guilty. I know. That's exactly how I felt when I read it too. I I saw a bunch of tweets though that were like, can men just stop? Like Taylor doesn't need to have children just because she's this age. And I just, I think that's a very, 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 very unfair reaction because I do not think he was saying, oh, you're at that age where you will now have children. He's saying that, oh yeah, when I was in my, 30s, that's when all my friends had children because it's true. you It mm-hmm. is so hard to find people our age who are not pregnant, who don't have kids, who aren't getting married, like whatever it is. Like, this I is just, just that phase of life. Was talking about this with my husband last night because <laughs> everybody,
0: when I moved to Houston, I made a, a bunch of girlfriends, you know, Gross. and everyone, including you, they were <laughs> like, I call them single friends, even though they're married, but they're like, they're my single friends, I have no kids because yeah. now all my friends. Who I met a few years ago now are all pregnant. They are either on their third or second child, and I'm over here just <laughs> with like a barren womb. I'm like, mm. <laughs> like, yeah, so like, no. I and then, and then, but like, so like, I understand like where people are coming from because it's got kind of got to the point where people are always asking me, like, when are you gonna have right. a kid? and now they're not because it's getting awkward. But being, in, <laughs> being on that side where like I've gotten those questions and I've been annoyed by it, reading this article. I didn't I wasn't yeah. like triggered or annoyed by that. I was just like, yeah, well, yeah. It, it, we're at the age yep. Yeah. And he like he talks about like give you give me g- give you a child, but then he also talks about he goes into the normalcy of of life and he talks about other stuff. He never says, "When are you having a kid?" Right. I like I just don't think the
1: Paul McCartney would say that. <laughs> like, you do whatever right. you want to do. Yeah, but, I think it was just uh yeah, not even an unfortunate um, oh. comparison. It was just like, that happened yeah. to be a line he thought of. And then when she mentioned all her friends getting pregnant or getting married or whatever, he's like, oh, yeah, that happens then. And I'm like, and it they were- does. <laughs>
0: It does. And it was at totally different aspects of the article. It wasn't yeah. like one after another. It was like different topics going into different things. Like yeah. they're talking about writing and then they're talking about, you know, what they're doing in quarantine. It was so different. It wasn't even yeah. like, okay, so you're, you're all your friends are having kids. Give me give right. me your child. Like it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. People calm down. You need yeah. to calm down. Yes. That's our
1: yes. message always. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, people won't. People won't. I know, know, but this episode has gone on long because it's just such a – it's been a delightful week. I know
0: it And then we have, like, this great song just to talk about. So it's been a long, long episode. And Thank you guys for sticking in there with us. And if you like this episode as much as I think – you're going to let everybody know about it. You know, share the episode on social media. Tell people to listen to it. Go to mm-hmm. our um, our iTunes and find our podcast, Swiftish Podcast. Scroll all the way up. Give us five stars. Let everyone know out. Uh, everyone else know why you like us so much and help people. Find their like their soon to be favorite Taylor Swift podcast. Exactly. You just yeah, rate us, like <laughs> us, love us, share us. Do
1: it. Yeah, you can also mm-hmm. find us on social media. We're at Swiftish Podcast on Instagram. Expect more giveaways. Mm-hmm. Read the rules carefully this time. Do it. Yeah. And we're also on Twitter at SwiftishPod13. But until next time, I'm Shelby, and I'm Ashley, and Taylor. We love a mad woman mm-hmm. here. So. <laughs> 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 Hmm. Snaps to that.